Welcome to POP, the sermon podcast for Peace Lutheran Church in Gehenna, with Pastors Doug Warburton and Tony Katko. All right, I want to bring to mind, I want to start this one-off Sunday of talking about creation by putting ourselves in a mindset of awe. And so I want you to think right now, and I'm going to ask a few of you to shout out what comes to mind. I want you to think of a place that you've been that just reminded you of the awe of God, some place out in creation where you have been that just made you feel like that small and God was that big. Glacier National Park. Grand Canyon. What, where? Care? Hocking Hills. Yeah? Niagara Falls. Rocky Mountains. Yeah, that's one for me. I love uh, skiing in the Rockies, and sometimes I'll find one of those slopes that's just kind of off and no one's around, and I'll just stop and be like, whoa. Zion? Zion National Park? Mount Blanc? Where's that? Switzerland, okay. Swiss Alps? Three Creeks Metro Park, yes. You're jumping ahead of me. <laughs> Beaches, yeah. Ohio University, yes. Amen. Choir, any come to mind that we didn't mention? Northern Michigan, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I love Northern Michigan. Yeah, so all of these places, I, I, I was thinking of this myself and I was thinking, I remember going uh, out in the Black Hills when my, when my family all went out west. We were fortunate where my dad was a CPA, so his summers were pretty open and he would take a month and we would take our camper and go out west. We did that twice. And I remember one time in particular in the Black Hills, sitting with my dad on this picnic table and just star after star was shooting through the sky. And it's just this mindset of, whoa, everything is so much bigger than I thought. And as we mentioned with the Metro Parks, that sometimes I think we also need to remember that it doesn't always require a plane ticket or a motorhome to experience the awe of God. Sometimes we can experience God's creation in a lot smaller and more personal local ways, such as I know some of you work at Innis Woods or some of the metro parks and experience God's presence there and getting your hands dirty and volunteering. Some of you might be like me, getting lost on a bike ride, and sometimes, I remember one time, because I used to be, as I got older, I, I've become less of this, I used to be focused on going fast and getting good times and beating people to the finish line. Now, one of my friends several years ago reminds me, hey, Doug, if you're going to ride, you may as well open your eyes and experience what you're going through. And so now I'm much slower, and I blame it on him and my age. But some of you get lost in gardening. 
Some of you just experience God in your own backyard, and sometimes we need to remind ourselves of this, myself in particular, sometimes we can even experience God in our pets. (laughs) So let's put ourselves in the mindset of the psalmist that I read just a little bit ago. Now picture living in the time in which this psalm was written. It's hard for us to put ourselves in the author's place, but the author at this point, most of humanity at this point, thought that the earth, totally flat, thought that the sky, the reason it was blue, is because there was some sort of barrier there, and water was above that barrier. And sometimes the barrier would let some of that water down. So it makes sense if you had no scientific understanding of creation that that's how you looked at the world. Now picture also their understanding of the sun. They had no concept of this being a a star. They simply saw it as this force or this source of light and warmth that came up and went down. And they also, the moon was another source of light, but they had no understanding of that light was actually coming from the sun. And and the ancient Greeks tried to study all these these stars in the sky without any concept of what they were, and they noticed that there were four or five of them that acted totally different than all the rest. And so they called those, and our English translation is wanderers. They called them wanderers because they didn't act like all the others. And the Greek word for that, anyone know? Planeo where we get the word planet, planeo. So even though they had no sense of what they were, they, they studied them and wondered why they were different. So they seeing God in creation. So we have ourselves in the mindset of the psalmist, and then this psalm, let's go back to it, and let's reread some of it. It starts with this. O Lord, our sovereign, how majestic is your name, in all the earth, and it ends like this. O Lord, our sovereign, how majestic is your name in all the earth. What do you notice about that? This isn't a hard question. (laughs) It's the same nod. Yes, it's the same. So what this is called is an inclusio. So it's a psalm that opens with the same verse as it closes with, and they call that an inclusio, which means that everything in the middle is gonna have a tone and a theme. And guess what this psalm is? Psalm eight is the very first psalm of praise. It's a psalm just thanking God for this glorious earth and reminding us in it, in it all, how small we are, and that you are the God that's always going to protect us. So it's this beautiful psalm that talks about that. So let's jump to verse three. The psalmist is talking about the expanse and the vastness. When I, when I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you have established, what are human beings? Human beings, Adam, it's taking us back Again, to Genesis. What are human beings that you are mindful of them, mortals that you care for them? So it's this reminder of how small we are, and yet God still cares for us. One of my favorite authors, if you ever watched uh, the PBS Ken Burns 
uh, documentary, The National Parks, you learn a lot about this guy named John Muir, who was one of the huge voices for establishing national parks and a great author as well. He says this, no synonym for God is so perfect as beauty. Whether as seen carving the lines of the mountains with glaciers or gathering matter into stars or planning the movements of water or gardening, still all is beauty. So the psalm goes on. And it says this, yet you have made them little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honor. You have given them, them being you and me, all of us, you have given them dominion over the works of your hands and you have put all things under their feet. So this idea that God has created us also comes for us with a sense of responsibility. So obviously what God or what the psalmist is doing here is he's going back to the book of Genesis where where God in in the creation story created us and gave us dominion. Dominion doesn't mean domination. It means caretakers. Stewards. In other words, what God is doing is reminding us that everything we have is given to us by God, and God basically hands us the keys and says, take care of it. Take care of it. How are we doing? Sometimes, some cases you could say we're, we're doing pretty good. We're creative. We're thinking of things. We're trying to manage and, and conserve. But on the other hand, we also abuse and, and take and sometimes that comes with a price to this planet. And so we, we continue to waffle with that. How are we doing? We're called to be caretakers. It comes with responsibility, which even includes our pets, as Parker learned this morning. Then it goes on and it says this. You have given them dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under their feet, all sheep and oxen, and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the air, and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the seas. So what the psalmist does here is gives us a list. It's kind of an example list. It's not a comprehensive list. It's the psalmist's way of saying, you're in charge of everything. I've given you the keys. Take care of it. So St. Francis Day is October 4th, as Pastor Tony was saying, and here in the Lutheran Church and several other denominations, we honor this day every year. We used to do it in the summertime, but we moved it now to October to be closer to the actual day. And the weather actually is more permitting often in October than August. And so we celebrate it now, and it's a chance for us to kind of pause, because St. Francis, do you know what he was the patron saint of? Animals, that's the obvious one. He's also the patron saint of, anyone know? Ecology. Ecology. And so it's this day where we do a pet blessing, but it's also a day that hopefully points us to the whole. 
that we can bless our pets, and that reminds us of a, of a small way in which we see still God's creation right in front of us and the love that we share with our pets, but it hopefully pushes us to think bigger as well and recognize all of God's creation. But since we're gonna bless pets later, let's do a little uh, did you know this. So let's first talk about cats. Anyone wanna guess how many cats are in the US? 62 million, including, unfortunately, two in my house. But I love them. I just don't love what they do to me. But, yeah, 62 million, including one that lives in the White House currently. Anyone know the name of that cat? Nobody. Willow. Willow is the name of the cat that lives in the White House. There were, do you know who was the first president to have pets, cats as pets in the White House? Now this doesn't mean there weren't cats in the White House before to kill mice, but the first that were actually pets. Abraham Lincoln. He was given two by William Seward as a gift. And ironically, the cat's names were Tabby, and you ready for this? Dixie. Here's another thing about cats. They, uh, they, they're one of the only animals that can't taste sweetness. They can't taste sweetness, which I can understand that about cats. <laughs> Let's see, what else did I learn about cats? They have the largest eyes for the size of their head of any animal. Uh, what was the other thing? I have it here. I forgot. Oh, yeah. They have, uh, you know, they have whiskers here. But did you know that they also have whiskers on their back of their front legs? Who knew? So now let's talk about dogs. Dogs. How many dogs in the U.S.? Anyone want to guess? How many say more than cats? How many say less than cats? First one's right, 75 million dogs in the US. Now often dogs will sleep in curled up in like a ball. Some of you have dogs that do that. You know why they do that? It's instinctual. Because when they're out in the wild and they're sleeping, often predators will go after their organs. And so it's instinctual that they try to cover up as much of their organs. Now you've heard that they are colorblind. That's not totally true. Do you know they see two colors? I'll give you a hint. Michigan fans love this. Yellow and blue. Those are the colors they see. They have 300 million receptors in their nose to smell. Do you know how many we have? Five. Five million. Not five, but five million. 300 million to five million. Now, I bring up some of these fascinating points because they're fun, but also because sometimes to, to recognize God and God's majesty, we need to go smaller and look at what's right in front of us in a deeper sense. And so I want to close today with this great reading. Some of it we sang with our opening hymn today, but it's St. Francis 
Canticle of the Sun. And I know sometimes the language that St. Francis does where he calls Brother Moon and uh, Sister Sun or whatever, the language that he uses, it, it seems strange to us, but I love it because it's a reminder that we're all part of this global family, including all of the creation. And so Most High, all-powerful, good Lord, yours are the praises, the glory, the honor, and the, all the blessing. To you alone, Most High, do they belong, and no human is worthy to mention your name. Be praised, my Lord, through all your creatures, especially through my Lord, brother, son, who brings the day and you give light through him. And he is beautiful and radiant in all his splendor. Of you, most high, he bears the likeness. Praised be to you, my Lord, through sister moon and the stars in heaven. You formed them clear and precious and beautiful. Praised be you, my Lord, through brother wind and through the air, cloudy and serene, and every kind of weather through which you gave sustenance to your creatures. Praised be to you, my Lord, O sister, water, which is very useful and humble and precious. Praised be to you, my Lord, through brother fire, through whom you light the night, and he is beautiful and playful and robust and strong. Praised be to you, my Lord, through sister mother earth, who sustains us and governs us, who produces varied fruits with colored flowers and herbs. Praise be to you, my Lord, through those who give pardon for your love and bear infirmity and tribulation. Praised be to you, my Lord, through our sister bodily death, from whom no living person can escape. Woe to those who die in mortal sin. Blessed are those who will find your most holy will, for the second death shall do them no harm. Praise and bless my Lord, and give him thanks, and serve him with great humility. Amen. Amen.